if you would be so kind and look in your Bibles, I have a scripture, I believe it's in the book of Mark. It is the book of Mark. It is the first chapter of the book of Mark, which we're going to be reading uh, some verses towards the end of the chapter. But I want to share with you that Mark is perhaps the shortest gospel. We do not have a birth story in Mark. Because the Jesus that Mark talks about is a Jesus who has an agenda. It's a Jesus who's got things to do. And Mark did not think so much about the birth of Jesus. He thought most about Jesus when he began to preach, heal, and teach after his baptism. So join me already in the first chapter, in the very first chapter of Mark. Listen to the things that the Lord was doing. Listen to and for the word of God as we read the gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 29 through 38. After Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went, to, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her, and Jesus went to her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. That evening, after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons too. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, "Uh, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. The word of the Lord. We have been sharing a series during this month of April. And we've been talking about the I have come statements of Jesus. The I have come statements of Jesus have come to us in a variety of ways and a variety of of, of statements such as, I have come to bring fire to this world. I hope it catches on fire. What did he mean? Hang in there because I found out what it meant, but we'll talk about it in June. Should you hang around? (laughs) However, we began the study because Jesus had a purpose. He had multiple purposes for coming down in that little town of of, of the bakery homes of Bethlehem and then 
also walking through the streets as he healed, as he preached, and as he taught the gospel, the good news, the joyful, happy good news that he is bringing to this world. We began the, the, the series with the first statement, one of, the, one of my favorite statements of why Jesus came. And Jesus answered them saying, healthy people do not need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think. I have come not to call those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and in need of repentance. Not for the self-righteous. Then Palm Sunday we encountered another amazing statement of Jesus. Why Jesus came. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. Been around town already for a year and three months. And I have found out that in our culture, in our religious culture, and when I say religious culture, I am not saying it in any way that is positive. Okay? That clear? In our religious culture, we believe that we can judge, that we are to judge, that Jesus is our judge. Actually, I was in a place not long ago, and somebody told me, you better watch it because Jesus is our judge. He's looking at you. Oh, there is a time, yes, that Jesus is going to come and be the judge of judges. Because there is a time that he's coming back and he will be the judge of this world. But in the meantime, between his first coming and his second coming, oh, he is calling us. His arms are open stretched. His voice is tender to your heart. Come, follow me. He did not come to seek those who thought they were okay. He came to seek those who knew we needed and we were enough. On Easter Sunday, just last Sunday, we figured out that Jesus came to give abundant life, like he said in the chapter 10 of verse 10 of John. He says, oh, the enemy has come to steal, destroy, and to kill. Steal your joy, destroy your future and hope, and steal your peace. But Jesus said, I have come so that you may have life in abundance. And interestingly enough, the word that he uses for life is not bios in the Greek, which is kind of like biological life. You know what term he uses? Zoe, which is the kind of life that God has. He's not only going to give us the 80 plus years if we get there, but he wants to give us the kind of life that God offers, which is eternal. It doesn't expire, though this temporarily expires. Today I want to talk about something else. I, I want to bring it together. I want to bring it all together. Why did Jesus come? And we mentioned that there were 14 or 20 statements about that. Well, I'm going to summarize them in three categories because there's a lot of them and we won't be able to cover all of them in these four weeks. But I just want to put them in three categories. You see, because when Jesus came, he did come for specific purposes. We see it in our text. When Jesus, just in the first chapter of Mark, by the time we read this text, by the way, did you notice the first miracle he does in the text? He heals Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. 
uh, if you wonder why the Lord denied Peter? <laughs> That's the reason why Peter denied the Lord. He healed his mother-in-law. Oh, now you get it. Sheesh, we're late. <laughs> you got it. But right there in that first chapter, we have a lot of activity. Jesus, before we even catch up with him, he's already healed people. He's already restored people. He's already transformed people's lives. And here we catch him in verse, what was it? Verse 29, 28. And, and he's just dealing with all these amazing miracles. And he has an agenda. And his disciples are trying to keep him right there in Galilee because the business is good. Hey, he almost didn't sleep. Did you catch that? He almost didn't get to sleep. Late at night and early in the morning, he had to sneak out so that he would have some time to, to repair his soul, to connect with the Father, to connect with the one who sent him for the purposes for which he came. And right there, they're asking him, hey, we got business here. We got people waiting for you. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. I have to go out. I have an agenda. And his agenda was very clear. I must go out and preach to other towns as well. For this reason, I have come, he said. Now, when we put it all together in, in our study, the first reason for why Jesus came, the first, very first reason for why he came was very simple, was to fulfill the will of God the Father. To fulfill and satisfy the requirements of a holy God. He came to fulfill the Father's will to bring peace between God and us. And God is no longer angry with us. He came to satisfy God's righteousness. He came as the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb of God that removes away the sins of humanity. He came to fulfill the laws and the prophets. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to be the second Adam. He came one he came as one of first of many in resurrection. He came to demonstrate the truth. He came to show you and to show you who God the Father is. Has he come for you? Has Jesus come in your life to fulfill the will of the Father? My question. Secondly, he came, he came also because he came as a ransom for many. And as a ransom for many, he came to praise the he came to pay the price instead of you and I paying the price for our sin. He was the sacrifice for us. In coming to be the ransom, he became the light for us to get us out of our darkness. He also gave us real spiritual life, abundant living as he came to pay the ransom. He gave us peace with God and with one another. He offers you freedom from your guilt, your shame, and whatever self-destructive patterns you have gotten into. He calls you, he calls the lost, he calls the sick and the needy. I'm one of those. Will you join me in being the lost, sick, and needy? Because that's why Jesus came for us. He came to preach the good news. He came to teach the kingdom of God. And he came to heal us in every way, shape, and form. My question is now for you. Have you been ransomed by this Jesus? Or do you have another plan on how to be saved? Have you been ransomed? Have you allowed him to rescue you? Have you ever found yourself in that desperate, lonely moment that only God can rescue you out of that pit? Call upon him. 
He will not only rescue you, but he will put it all together and fix it. Whatever is broken within. Not only did he come to to fulfill the will of the Father and to be a, a ransom for many, but he came to introduce the kingdom of God, the realm of God. Listen to this, the space of God in our lives. That's what the kingdom of God is. It's the space that we make for God in our lives. Right now, we are in kingdom space. Right now. When we leave this building... This building, this hall, no longer hosts the kingdom presence because the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Within you. So when we are here together, we are experiencing the kingdom of God because we are in God's holy space, God's realm, the things that God does, which does not include fight, does not include envy, but includes love, Forgiveness, tolerance, ah, forget tolerance, full acceptance of one another. You see, he came to usher that kingdom, to introduce us into a way of life that is not the world's ways of life. To show us how to be a good husband and a good wife. Even if we are separated by what? How many thousand miles, Lord I and I, maybe 1,200 miles separation? It helps, but it's not good all the time. (laughs) I don't have a fight with my wife. What? She's 1,800 miles away. (laughs) But we miss each other. And I'm sure we miss our little conflicts with one another. Of course we do. I like that feisty Puerto Rican girl. Oh, she may listen to this. You got to watch it. See, but he came to usher, introduce you, not into the life of getting up in the morning, going to work, or some of us, uh, some of you, who just get up in the morning to go to medical appointments. That's not what it is. What do you do in that medical appointment in relation to your spirituality? That is the kingdom of God. Do you complain? Do you are bitter? Are you bitter because of your diseases and weaknesses? Or do you know it's just coming that time in your life? Hey, I'm getting those thoughts already at 54. And, And guess what happens? We are the ones who bring, who manifest the kingdom of God. When we smile to somebody who's sad and put a hand in a shoulder and look with hope, that is the kingdom of God. You see, God's kingdom is not just talk. God's kingdom, 1 Corinthians 4.20. I skipped the other part, but I remember it. 1 Corinthians 4.20. Paul describes the kingdom of God for the kingdom of God It's not just a lot of talking. Hmm. The kingdom of God is not just about talking. It's about living. It's about living by God's power. June Molden knows a little bit of what it is living above God's, above above the flesh. Judy Curley has taught us a little bit about that too. And some of you have gone through struggles. Know that living in this earth is painful because you're struggling, some of us, with weaknesses, some of us with just going over age, and some of us are just being, have infirmities. But the kingdom of God is not about talking, it's about living by God's power.
Do you get it? It's about living through, in, by God's power. We had an issue in our summer camp this, this last week, and we're going to have a lot more because it's the first time we do it here. We've done it before. And, and we could not get, not, our, our mess, my mess sergeant said, no, Charlie cannot cook during the summer. So, okay, we don't have a cook. We were worried we don't have a cook for lunches. Well, I would cook, but, you know, that takes from other stuff. So Jay shoot us an email that he got from the Marietta City Schools Nutrition Program. Oh, here we are in the end of April, and the email was an invitation in March 5th. Well, I used to work in government, too. So I kind of knew that date meant nothing. Because if they don't fulfill it, what they were expected, they open it again. We called, and guess what? We're going to be provided free lunches. Free lunches and snack for the kids. And for me. I'll sneak downstairs. I'm ordering one extra for me. <laughs> but isn't that a blessing? The vision teams who put this together tells me, Evelyn, that's the way things work. When we had an impasse, we prayed. Oh, we started with it stuff. But the Lord always, always cleared the way. That happens. Let me ask you in finishing. Let me ask you. Have you entered the kingdom? Or have you just tasted it? Big difference. Have you entered into the kingdom? Or have you just tasted it? You see, Light of Hope is not going to be a typical church. Light of Hope, we are committed to live the kingdom life, which is not American lifestyle, is not Puerto Rican lifestyle, is not African lifestyle, is not Chip Sims lifestyle. I pick on him all the time. He's surprised. He should get used to that. It is actually God's style of living. That's what we want to do. You see, because when Jesus, who resurrected and we celebrated last week, he did this. He did this to his disciples. That Sunday evening, the Gospel of John tells us, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them his, the wounds in his hands and on his side. They were filled with joy and when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them. The Holy Spirit, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, God's power to live in God's kingdom. Has God ransomed your life? Again, have you entered or just tasted the kingdom? This very hour, Jesus is inviting you to enter the kingdom, to enter it wholly, totally, 
with tennis and everything. Or if you have no shoes, shoeless. Enter, Jesus said, into my joy. Amen.